as speech pathologists, we, we do really get it. We understand the importance of communication and, and social connections. And it's important to learn that how one way of treating or, or working with a, a client isn't necessarily going to be what works for another client in a different state or from a different tribe. If we've got assessment findings that are robust, then we don't have to make any presumptions. And I strongly believe in the value and worth of what we do and the difference we make. Hello, and welcome to Speak Up, Speech Pathology Australia's podcast. Each week, we feature a conversation about an area or topic related to all things speech pathology. Let's hear what this week's contributors have to say. Hi, and welcome to this week's Speak Up Conversation. I'm Matt Ernst, Queensland Principal Clinician for Speech Pathology from Better Rehab, and today I'm pleased to be chatting with Rob Wong from Control Bionics about voice banking. Thanks so much for joining me, Rob. Thanks, Matt. Pleasure pleasure to be here today. So today, Rob, we're talking about voice banking, and I guess it's probably really interesting to just start with the basics. So can you tell us a little bit about what is voice banking and how is it different from what we hear referred to as message banking? Sure. Um, so I guess the, the basic difference um, is do you want to create a digital facsimile voice of yourself that can be applied to speech generating software and it will, it will create sentences on the basis of a, um, a, a digital facsimile of your voice or um, will you record specific phrase, phrases um, which can be called up um, depending on specific um, uh, items that you read. So one is a physical recording of a phrase and the other one is a digital facsimile of your voice made up from recordings. Okay, great. And so what sorts of clinical populations would, would voice banking be used with? Uh, generally, um, it's, it tends to be neurodegenerative conditions where we know that the voice um, of a particular individual is going to degrade and um, obviously what you want to be doing with those type of people, so people with MND, um, ALS, other major major type conditions. And uh, you really want to be getting people when early on in the process, if we definitely know the future is going to contain a situation where you won't have your voice, to be able to record um, uh, the best facsimile of your voice whilst your voice is in good condition. Okay. And so you say, well, it's in good condition. Um, is, is it possible to voice bank with somebody whose voice might have started to deteriorate in that very early phase? Yeah, it is, it is possible, um, but it just depends on exactly um, the... Obviously, the better someone can speak, the better the technology works. It's really trying to build algorithms and uh, assistive technology around what it hears through those, through those recordings. So the better original phrasing that we've got, the better the outcomes. Okay. And so what conditions um, would a client need to meet before voice banking could be considered with them? Uh, well, generally, there's very little. It's just that we generally know that they are going to have a communication problem, you know, into the future, and we're trying to um, uh, get them early enough where they would um, uh, be willing to, uh, to investigate voice banking in terms of uh, their outcomes. Okay. And so... I guess, what sort of process does it have to go through? So, you know, from voice banking, from start to finish, what would be included? Yeah, well, most clients um, really, what they need to do is they need to register, depending on what they want to do with a, a voice banking service, and it might be um, a cappella or it might be Nuance um, or it might be Model Talker um, in terms of the US. 
Um, and essentially, you, you start an account, um, you'll be given a, a process to go through in terms of speaking um, a range of different sentences, and there's a whole range of different services in terms of small sentence um, sets to very large sentence sets to d- establish the um, necessary information to be able to get a good voice facsimile. Um, so essentially what happens is you'll register an account, you will um, go through a process of either um, answering questions around a standard set of um, phrases um, and you'll, you'll be recording those. And in some instances, you'll be recording specific phrases that are familiar to you. So, you know, if you really say, like to say g'day, um, those are phrases which may be something that you would include in the Pudenbis as part of the standard set. And you go through a process of, um, of recording those, those outputs. So you basically have a headset on, uh, be talking into your computer online um, for a range of different uh, periods from, from 10 minutes through to, you know, a very extended period of time if you're doing lots and lots of phrases. Uh, and once that, um, that process is, uh, is, is done, um, you will get a, uh, a file back from the particular vendor um, and it will have a version of your, your software. And you can either approve or disapprove that and see if we, you can improve it. Um, and then finally, when you're happy, that process, um, there'll be a potentially a subscription or a price paid for those services. And then you, that uh, voice um, zip will be emailed to your account and then you can download that onto your computer. And then once it's downloaded onto your computer, you can bring it up through your speech generating device to be your preferred voice. Okay, and so you touched on the time that it takes there. Uh, on average, what would be a, an average length of time that it would take or a time commitment for our clients to do this process? In, if you're talking something like Model Talker in the States, you know, there's a th- up to 3,000 phrases that you can go through. So it can take an extended time, you know, over, over a period of days, you know, or weeks depending on the level of um, commitment of the individual. But you've got other new services um, like a cappella, who you know, in ten minutes you can get a close enough um, grouping of sentences together to get a uh, a satisfactory result. And I think the important point here to remember is, like, none of these things are perfect. Um, and often we find that people are, are you know, initially um, uh, a little disappointed about the about the view in terms of exactly where the technology is. But I find that um, it still does give that natural phrasing of an individual and it's certainly better um, often than choosing a voice from someone else um, that is completely not part of your personality. Having said that, though, um, I have had, had a couple of clients that really just prefer to have, have a completely different voice um, in terms of um, themselves. So not interested in the in the. Uh, the facsimile of their own voice, but actually interested in taking it, taking someone else's voice. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you talked a little bit about some of the equipment. So you mentioned the laptop and the headset. Um, with the equipment that we're needing, you know, does this need to be really high quality headsets, or will like a fifty dollar USB headset from an electronics store do? Like, what sort of quality do we quality do we need to to really get the what we need for voice banking? Most t- technology headsets um, are of sufficient sufficient quality to get a result, but it's it's simply the uh, the better quality recording you can get, the better signal to noise ratio that you've got happening in your microphones um, in the process, the better environment, which plays a bigger part, I think, in terms of um, 
you know, where you are during the recording, you need to be in a place where any external noise that might be, whether it's a dog barking in the background, um, whether it's a washing machine running in the background, you need to be in a place where it's nice and quiet and you can quietly go through those phrases. And, and obviously, you know, the quality of information in gets, gets you the quality of information out. So you don't have to spend a whole lot of dollars on really, really expensive equipment. These days, most of the computer recording facilities on your PC are certainly up to standard. Um, but obviously, the better microphones that you can get, the better result you'll get. Okay. And you've mentioned um, laptops and PCs. Is it still... Uh, at the point where you can only do this on a laptop, is this available on something like an iPad or a tablet? Um, so that's no, no no problem in terms of being able to use that if you don't have a PC. Okay. You touched on subscription costs earlier. Uh, what, what sort of costs would we be looking at for somebody to subscribe to a, a voice banking service ongoing? Yeah, I mean, I'll just give you some, some examples. Um, so yeah. Model Talker in, in the States is about $100 US to go through um, the whole process. Um, and if you're using a service like um, Acapella, um, you can subscribe to a subscription service for about 100 euros um, a year, or you can elect, you know, in a lot of our ALS patients, they don't like the subscription, they prefer to just buy the whole service out. Um, and and the, to buy the service outright, it's about $1,000 euro, euro. Okay. And I guess something for the clinicians out there in terms of how do we get that voice banked voice once we've got the file, how do we get it onto their device? Uh, I guess uh, it's it's fairly simple. It usually comes through an email link. You download that link onto your um, device. Um, and once it's downloaded, it's usually discoverable through your speech generating um, software. And um, if, if you're using something like Grid3, et cetera, you can usually find the particular voice that you've downloaded and select it as your preferred voice. And then once that's selected in the software, it, it, will, it will use that as a default unless you change it. Okay. And are there any of the software, so obviously there's the, the bigger ones that are on the dedicated speech generating devices, uh, mostly compatible with those big voice banking companies. Uh, what about iOS-based apps and things like that? Do any of them accept voice-banked voices? Uh, there are. We, we, we primarily work on a Windows environment, so I'm not as, as versed on the iOS um, environments. Um, but um, as far as I know, most of, the, most of the services out there will work on, on various operating systems. Great. Okay. Well... Rob, that's a, a really great overview of, um, I guess, voice banking for our for our listeners. Um, thanks so much for for meeting with us today and talking about voice banking and giving us that that bit of an overview. And hopefully, that helps alleviate some anxiety that some of us species might feel when we have to go through this process. Yeah, and I think it's um, it is an interesting because I think when the subject of voice banking comes up with clients, it's a very um, it's a very confronting topic because you're telling them um, that. In the future, something's not going to happen, and um, you know we still, I think, um, need to present voice banking as a very positive way of sort of just. You may not need it, but here's some insurance. Take a little bit of time to do it, um, because I I do find that clients once their voice is starting to degrade, um, there there's a, there's is a sense of regret that they didn't they didn't do that. So psychologically, um, I think very important to present voice banking as not something you're necessarily going to need, 
But, but if you do need it, um, it's worth spending that amount of time to actually do that up front. And I think if it's positioned that way, um, we'll get more and more people to be able to do that um, rather than sort of pushing it away as, a, as I'll get to that if I need to. Yeah, it certainly is a great insurance policy to have up your sleeve for, for if things do deteriorate and you do need to rely on it because it is, like you mentioned, it's one of those things that once once we get to a certain point, there's only so much we can do to preserve that voice, isn't there? Absolutely. And it's, you know, if you can encourage people to do that, there's also something proactive about their condition that they can take. And I find when we're discussing that with, with clients, um, when you present, present it that way, that, you know, here is some, something proactive you can take about what's happening to you, um, uh, we find that we get a greater level of acceptance about, about doing this. Fantastic. Some great advice there. Thanks very much. Rob, and thanks for tuning in, everybody. Speak Up will be back with another conversation on next Wednesday. We hope you enjoyed this week's conversation. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and share it with your colleagues. Thank you for listening and bye for now.